Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. Thank you for having another listen, guys. Just before we get into the show, just want to talk to you about a new sponsor that's come on board, Books and Gifts Direct. Books and Gifts Direct is Australia's largest direct seller of books and gifts. They sell their products in lunchrooms, reception desks, and they are in more than 25,000 workplaces in Australia. Their books and gifts sell up to 70% off recommended retail price, and as the largest direct seller of books and gifts across Australia, they have a strong buying power, and without the overheads of a shop front, they can afford to pass on significant savings. So guys, if you want to take a look at this, the link will be below in the description, but guys, let's not waste any more time. Let's get straight into the show. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be doing another weekly review of the NBA season. So guys, without further ado, let's not waste any more time. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. All right, guys, we're back for another episode. Now, the week in the NBA has been very, very busy, very, very different to what we've seen. We've kind of seen, you know, the first three weeks of the NBA, we've seen teams that, you know, kind of solidifying their spot and actually seeing what teams are made of this season. And it's very interesting for me because there's a couple of teams that I just want to talk about off the bat that I think have been exceeding people's expectations, and they might have been exceeding my expectations a little bit. First team I'd love to talk about is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, at the moment, they're 7-4, and four. Seven and three, sorry. And at the moment, if you were to tell me about like three weeks ago that Cleveland would be at the moment the fifth seat in the East, I, I wouldn't buy that right now. I wouldn't have bought it. But the fact of the matter is they're playing really, really good. I was a big, I was very skeptical on the big situation they had. You know, Laurie, you know, they had Evan Mobley that is drafted at the third spot, Kevin Love, Jared Allen, but they're finding a way for it to work. And it looks like Kevin Love is the guy that's, you know, falling out of place. And that's pretty much expected the way you look at it. They all paid, they paid both Larry Markinen and K, uh, not K, uh, Jared Allen over this past offseason. And they did just draft Evan Mobley, so a player who they think of the future. And I'm really high on as a player. I think he's going to be a really, really good player. You can actually see him progressing maybe to a wing, maybe when he gets later on in his career. But they've been really, really good for me. You know, watching a couple of their games, especially the one they played against Toronto, where they came back, they fought and got that win. It just shows to me that they're actually building something pretty good in Cleveland. Now, it is a bit of an unfortunate situation if you are a Cleveland fan that Mr. Colin Sexton has torn his meniscus. Woj has reported that. So that's a massive bummer for them. So I do expect them to dip a little bit. But in saying that, they do have Ricky Rubio there who's been playing really, really good. And I just think if you don't understand why Ricky Rubio is a good player, you know, you just watch just watch him as a whole. He gets the offense initiated. He always finds the good pass. He's a great three-point shooter right now. So that's something that when he first came into the league, he had to work on. And let's not forget, there was a lot of, lot of hype when he came into the NBA. You know, he got drafted really, really young. Minnesota picked him and Johnny Flynn ahead of Steph Curry. If you guys don't, Remember that, that might have been one of the biggest what-if moments in the NBA if Steph Curry was to go to Cleveland with, oh, Cleveland, Minnesota with Kevin Love, but that's just a tangent there. But yeah, I'm just saying, Cleveland, really, really actually am impressed with them right now. Another team I'm really impressed with right now is Washington Wizards. Now, I'm not going to say that I, I thought Washington were going to go this good, because I didn't, but I just looked at their roster and I said, their roster isn't bad. Like, it's not a bad roster. There's a lot of players that are capable, proven NBA players on that team. It was just for me, how would they fit? Because they were a team just acquired by a bunch of trades, right? But so far, they're doing really, really good. I'm really actually excited to see what they can do. Can they keep this up? That's the question for me. Now, you look at a couple of players like Kyle Kuzma right now, 14 points, nine rebounds. That's really, really good right now. You got Montrose Howell, 17 and nine. You know, that's, it's it's just those players that were in the Lakers at, the, at that time, they were, you know, on their championship 
Oh, Kyle Guzman was on the championship roster, and Trez came over in that offseason after they won the championship, and they were struggling to find minutes, and now they go to another team, and, you know, they're leading their teams in, in you know, so for categories, or they're, they're finishing games, and it's just, it's amazing to see, like, it's just amazing to see what, you know, you can do when you have a place in a situation where the team and the coaches and the staff, they trust you, and you're not having that constant chip on your back, oh, you might get traded, you might get traded. Like, Kuzma, he's been on the trade block for since LeBron really got there, you know, and that would be so hard to play with. So I just really like to see them in a safe situation where they can play. Now, in saying that, they still do have Bradley Beal, who's been playing pretty good at the moment. You know, there still always is going to be that, will he get traded, this, that. But I think I think he's, he's actually realized that Washington can be a place where he can win. I don't think he never win a championship now. I wouldn't say that, but they're... They're doing things in the right direction, and that's what I'm really happy with. And I am happy to see someone like Spencer Dinwiddie come back and not be real rusty coming off that injury. You know, I was just, if I said if I was if I thought he was healthy, no, if he was healthy with the Brooklyn Nets, I think that they probably would have won the championship because I think he was that good of a player. He would have finished games with him. I thought it would have been a Kyrie, Spencer. You got possibly KD. You obviously have KD. You would have had James Harden and maybe a. Jared, no, not Jared Allen, maybe you would have had a Joe Harris, you can go super, super small there, or then you could have had possibly, you know, it's just, it's, it, it, there's so many combinations you could have done, that would have been my combination, go small and just have a bunch of snipers and shooters and the players that can just play and create, maybe a Nicholas Claxton there just, you know, for a little bit of, bit of height, you know, I thought Spencer, Spencer Dinwiddie was a really, really good player before he got injured, and he's, try, and he's slowly finding his feet, and I think right now, at the moment, Washington will be probably in that top six to eight range, and I definitely think they'll be in the playoffs. So I'm actually really high on them. And then one other team, you know, that I – and sorry, a couple of teams that I think that's been average, you know, Boston right now, they're in a weird flux right now. You know, they, they go really good a couple of games and they go really bad. You know, at the at that time, as we said last – as I said last week, they were the worst-rated defensive team in the NBA. They did have a couple of good wins this past week. I will give them that. But they're still, for me, it's very, very interesting. And I'm going to talk, you know, to our next topic now. There has been a report that possibly Boston has engaged talks with Philadelphia for a trade for Ben Simmons. Now, this is very interesting for me. And I think this trade might work, will work really, really well for Philadelphia. I'm not too sure with Boston, but I think it works super well for Philadelphia. But the trade apparently is Ben Simmons for Jalen Brown, and maybe a couple picks or vice versa. You know, there might have to be a couple more, you know, throw-ins into that trade, but that would be the main crux of the trade. I like the trade for Philadelphia. I think you do it in a heartbeat. If they say, we will give you Jalen Brown for Ben Simmons, I think you you basically take it on the money. Because at, at the moment, I think Jalen Brown, he's still one of the 12 best players in the Eastern Conference, and you can't change my mind on that. I think he's dead set an absolute gun. I think he's very underrated. And a lot of people don't realize how hard he had to work because he had, he came into that team where they had Kyrie, Gordon, they had Jason Tatum coming in, who was a nice big pick, you know. So he had to really work hard for his rotation, his minutes, and his spots. And I'm just super, I'm super happy to see him really succeed. And I think if he went to Philadelphia, it would be so good. It'd be so good. It'd kind of be like a kiddies Jimmy Butler in a sense because him and Jimmy, I think they both wings. They both play really hard, really tough. I think maybe Jalen Brown's a bit better of a shooter right now, probably on the three-point. But they're very similar players, if you ask me. They're, they're very smart, calculated players. And then I, 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 on, on the Boston side of it, I, I kind of understand why you would want to pick between Tatum and Brown. Now, obviously, they're going to pick Tatum because he's more of a blue-chip player in their eyes. And I think he probably is too at this point in time in their careers. But 
if they got Ben Simmons, it's going to be interesting to see what they can do because now you basically have one player where it's just going to go to Tatum. But in saying that, I think Brad Stevens as a GM, as as a, as a basketball brain, I think he's one of the smartest people in the NBA. So if he sees something in Ben Simmons he can get, and I'm Udoka, who was at Philadelphia, let's not forget, guys, when he was coaching with Ben Simmons as an assistant, you know, they might have a good connection, a good rapport, a good relationship. So that, that, might, that might be a reason why there's trade talks. But yeah, I think, I think you know, it'd be a good trade for the NBA just in general. And I think Boston wouldn't be a bad situation for Ben, you know, just because it's a, it's a basketball town, it's a sports town. He's out of Philadelphia, but then he can also play, you know, he can play in a, in a, in a really storied franchise. And I think Boston wouldn't take his shit. I know Philadelphia haven't taken, don't, they don't want to take his shit, but at the moment they're just doing it. But, you know, I just think a trade for him and, you know, maybe Jalen Brown might be the best thing for both for both parties. I definitely know it would be for Ben Simmons. But it's just an interesting take. I, I think if it was to happen, the winner would obviously be obviously be Philadelphia because I think they're getting a better player. If you ask me, I think Jalen Brown's a better player right now in this day than Ben Simmons. But if Ben Simmons just gets a half a jump shot, he will he will be a gun. He, and he, is, he still is a gun, but he will be a dead set freak. So that's just my opinion on the trade. I do want to talk about right now the, the, the Jokic situation because as I'm recording this, I am recording this on the 9th of November. Jokic just had a bit of a bit of a blood boil there where we saw Markeith Morris, you know, intentionally foul him. You know, it, look, it, was a, it wasn't a fucking clean foul, but it wasn't like it's the worst foul, you know, ever. And he's just turned around and just pushed him behind his back. And look, I'm a big Jokic fan. I think he's the best center in the NBA, but I don't like what he did there. I think it's pretty much a dog move. It was self. It was very, very dangerous, if you ask me. And Eric Spolstra hit it on the head. You know, he said at, at that time, he said, "Look, I don't care what happened. At the end of the day, it's a foul's a foul. You know, you give that, but you can't be doing that in 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 a game. You just can't be." And Eric Spolstra hit the money on the hit the nail on the head. Sorry, he he said, and I quote here. Jokic's shove on, on Markeith was dangerous and a dirty play. And I absolutely agree. Now, I don't think Jokic is a dirty player. I don't because he's, he, has, he never really has had anything like this before in his career. But I do think he needs to apologize. He needs to settle the beef with Morris because it's not a good look at all. It's just not a good look. And he's going to get suspended and he's going to get fined money. Probably two to three games if you ask me. I'm not too sure how many. But that's just something that he's going to have to deal with. He's going to have to learn. You can't just do that. People want to come after your neck. You're the best center in the NBA. You're the reigning MVP. You're going to have to deal with tough skin or just push him straight to his face because at the end of the day, that was a dirty play. Now, what we're going to talk about, I'm going to talk about a couple of players right now that I think are taking a really good leap within the NBA. And there's a couple of players that you guys might not think of. And there's a couple of players that you might not even watch because there's two teams, there's two players on two teams that I don't think a lot of, you know, just casual NBA fans would watch. And I think if you're listening to this, I reckon you really should listen to these two teams. And the first team I'm going to talk about, the player that he plays for, I'm sorry, the team that he's played was is Desmond Bain. Now, Desmond Bain, for me, I think he's going to be a really, really good asset for the for the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, they did take him as a rookie last year, and at the moment, if you look at his stats, 16.3 points a game, 3.6 rebounds a game, and 2.4 assists. Now, it's not it's not great, the rebounds and the assists, but he's, he's scoring at a really, really good level, and he's becoming that real free and D player for the, for, the, for the Memphis Grizzlies. And I really like what he's done. And, you know... Look at his 2020-21 season. You know, he, he averaged 22 minutes a game. Now he's bumped up to 30 minutes a game. But he was at 9 points a game, and now he's at 16. So he's nearly doubled what he had last season. So that shows me the growth, the improvement he's done. And at the moment, 
he's shooting, you know, most most of the time he's shooting three-point percentage at 37%. Last season, 42%, 43.2%. But still, that's still a high range for a three-point shooter. So I'm really liking what he's doing. I think he's a player at the moment who should be, you know, not he's not in that most improved because at the end of the day, he hasn't just gone from zero to 100. You know, he was in their rotation a lot. But I think he's a player that you guys should watch. You know, he does a lot of the, the, the intangibles for that Memphis Grizzlies team, and he's becoming a better scorer one-on-one. And I think that's something that, you know, you've got to look at. You've got to look at with a player from first to second year. What are they getting better at, or what are they doing better that they haven't done that past season? And I think he's doing a lot of those things. You know, the scoring, you know, he's, he's taking that burden off Jar, which I think is really, really, really important and then I just really like I just like him as a defensive player too he can play one to four really if you if you ask me because he's a bit of a bigger player so I really do like that another player I'm going to talk about OG Ananubi I don't know boy whatever you want to call I I would have butchered his last name there but he's been playing really really good for me at the moment he's averaging up to 20 points a game now if you people might think oh you know 20 points a game that's hard to do I don't care what you say and he was injured a lot last year 20.2 20.2 points a game to be exact, 5.8 rebounds and 2.8 assists. You know, he's he's been healthy and he's becoming that player where I think they re- what Toronto would have expected. Because if you ask me, Toronto would have thought he could have been a player like a kiddies Kawhi or a baby Kawhi where he can defend at, at an elite level, but he's a, he's a bit of a sniper, a bit robotic. And he does have a lot of characteristics of Kawhi Leonard in him, but I think he's really started to take that leap. And I, I, I'm i a big fan of him right now. I think he can be a player that can be possibly most improved. I think he can be sniffing for an all-star, you know, right now. I wouldn't say he's an all-star at this point in time, but I do think, you know, if he if he gets, if he bumps it up, you know, the 20, 25, 25 points a game and he keeps going, like this, I definitely think he can be. Now, it's going to be hard for him to score, you know, 20 points a game because they will have Pascal coming back. And I think Pascal, you know, let's not, I'm not saying that he's a bad a bad player. I think he's a great player. I think he's a really, really, sorry, a really, really good player. He's an all-star caliber player when he's on. But I do like what they were, I do like their lineups they were throwing out there. You know, Fred Van Vliet, you know, they had Scotty Barnes. You know, they did have OG Adenoboy at those forward spot, Ken Birch or, or Preston Chua. Sometimes Goran Dragic running that one, Gary Trent there. You know, I, I, I like Toronto right now. I think they're a team that is going to be in the playoffs right now, if you ask me. And Toronto, for me, if 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 OG can still, you know, get that 20 points a game, but if he can get Pascal to get 20 points a game too, and Fred Van Vliet gets that 14 to 16 range, I think that's a really nice three there. And then Scotty Barnes, for me, I'm really, really impressed with him. So I'm actually really high on Toronto. I don't think this rebuild that they're going to have, and I know I'm going on a tangent here, but I think this is an interesting topic. I don't think this rebuild that they supposedly thought a lot, sorry, a lot of fans supposedly thought they were going to go through is going to be a rebuild because most of their players are really young, to be really honest. Like, be honestly, like there's no real old players. Like Pascal's older for this team. Fred's older for this team. You know, they're only in their 26 to 28 range, so they're not super old. You know, they are older than a Scotty Barnes, than a Gary Trent, than a Malachi Flynn, but, you know, they're they're not super-duper old. So I really like Toronto, and I think that Toronto, especially with OG being an impressive player for me right now, they can really, really cause some damage. I think they can beat a team in the first round. Not too sure if they can get past the second round, but I definitely think that on their day... And Nick Nurse, let's not forget, he's won a championship. He's a championship-caliber coach, and I think he's a really, really smart coach. So I wouldn't be shocked to see if they can pull something off. Now, another player I do want to talk about, he's getting a lot of love right now within the NBA, and so he should. And I was really surprised to see him not take this leap a little bit earlier in his career, but he has been coming off the bench you know, previous years. Now he's starting. That's Miles Bridges from the Charlotte Hornets. Now, for me, Miles Bridges has always been, you know, a 
a high flyer, you know, and, and that's something that obviously you love within a player, but he's actually really started to improve his three-point percentage, you know, his three-point shot, and that's something that I think is really taking him higher and higher in his team now, and I just really like everything he's doing. Now, you looked at it last season, he, he had 12.7 points a game, four, you know, and that's that's not too bad coming off the bench, you know, but he had six rebounds, he had about two assists, 1.6 turnovers, which is not too bad. But now, 23.3 points a game, right? He's averaging on the three-point percentage, 34.8. Now, he hasn't been a bad three-point shooter, but I think watching him, every time I watch him, he's been smashing three-pointers. He's just been knocking them down at a consistent level for me. And then I really like seeing them give him that 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 push because he has a great connection with Lamelo, and I think James Borrego. I'm a big fan of James Borrego as a coach. I think he's a really good coach, and I think he's a young coach that has been brought up in a system that's really smart, obviously in San Antonio. But I like him a lot as a coach, and I think they're doing the, you know all the right things in Charlotte. But yeah, Miles Bridges for me, he's a player that if he keeps this up, I think he can definitely be an All Star. It does depend on how good Charlotte goes. If Charlotte can be you know five to ten games above 500, then they'll you know they'll definitely have. I, th- I definitely think Lamelo will be an All Star this year. I think he's just that player that is just box office, and he will be really high in the votes. That's one thing, and I want to touch on that a little bit later. But yeah, I just really like everything that Charlotte's doing right now. I still want to see them get fully healthy. You know, I think their best lineup is Lamelo, Terry, Gordon, Miles, and then Mason Plumley or PJ at that five death lineup. So it'll be really good to see that when that fully gets on. But you st- they still got Kelly Oubre. Ishmael's a nice addition for them too. James Booknight. You know, he's he's kind of being becoming. He's kind of going to be like a Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody. They're not going to play him super duper because they just have players at the moment better than him in their system. But I actually really like Charlotte and what they're doing. And I think Miles Bridges right now, he did turn out that four year $60 million deal and it's looking like it's a smart option for him. He bet on himself and I definitely think that that's a smart option for him. Now, what we're going to talk about now is a couple teams, especially one team I want to talk about, and that's the reigning champions, the Milwaukee Bucks. And when are they finally going to turn it on? Because I think for them, the first game I think that they played against Brooklyn, Once I when I watched that game, I was like, yeah, like this Milwaukee... I think that they can back-to-back. I think that they can back-to-back really, really well. Really, I mean, not easy, but I think that they just they know how to win now. They know how to grind out games. They know how to get it done. And I watched that game. I was like, yeah, this is this is the real deal. And if you guys have listened to this podcast for a while, I did not I did not like Milwaukee at all. I thought they were you know, flat-track bullies. I didn't think they were that good. I thought Chris Middleton was overrated. And I just didn't think they were that good at the end of the day. But I really do think right now, even though they're not going great, I definitely think they're going to turn it on for the next two to three weeks, and they're going to be up within that one to three range in the Eastern Conference. And I just think that once once Yana starts going, that's when they that's when they're pumping. So if you're a Milwaukee Bucks fan right now, I know Yanni, my good friend, he is a Bucks fan. He's the Greek god, Yanni. Uh, they will be all right. Don't worry. So that's just my opinion on the Bucks. Another team that I think that I really want to talk about right now: Philadelphia 76ers. Now, if you're a 76ers fan, I just want to say, sorry. Sorry, that's all I want to say. Sorry, because I thought you guys were going to be shocking this year. Now, I do realize you do have Embiid. You still do have Tobias Harris. You still have Doc Rivers. So that's a good that's a good little everything there. You know, Doc Rivers is still a great coach, if you ask me. I don't care what anyone says. He never has a team that's unsuccessful. And you can't be a bad coach doing that. And that's at the end of the day. But I thought this Ben Simmons drama, the, everything that's going on, I thought it was just going to be such a such a cloud over them, and it just would have been basically a storm, but it actually hasn't really affected them as bad as what I thought, and I'm actually happy to say that because, you know, teams don't deserve this. You know, it's 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 a crazy situation. I don't think I have in my time, 
you know, being a fan of the NBA and really closely watch it, I've seen something like this before. You know, we saw James Harden last season, but he still rocked up and he still played because he realized that's the only way you can get traded. Now, Ben Simmons, he has gone into mental health, you know, protocols and this, that, and I'm not going to touch on that because I think that's a pretty sensitive topic because he definitely might have, you know, mental health problems with all this stuff. You know, and I, I definitely think it's not easy for him. But we've got to see him on the court sometime, and I think once he gets on that court, that's when he'll get traded. And that's when he'll we'll see if his stock goes up or his stock goes down. Because Philadelphia, if they, they will trade him eventually. It's, it's going to happen. But they might trade him for 25 cents on the dollar or 50 cents on the dollar or 75 cents on the dollar. Well, you want to get premium return. If you can get Jalen Brown, I'm sorry, I'm going back, you do it tonight. You do it right now. Bang, boom, see you later. Straight up. That would just be my opinion. But right now, Philadelphia, you guys are, you guys are nice. You guys, I think, you guys are sec- first in the Eastern Conference. So you guys are doing a good job. You did lose to the Knicks today, which has been your bogey team right now. Knicks have beaten you twice out of your three losses. So I'm actually really impressed with you right now. I don't know how long you can keep it up for. I just don't know. But you, you're still going to be a top six team in the NBA. Now, what I want to talk about too, you knew, you know it's going to come. Golden State Warriors. Now, I want to talk about how can they keep this up. Now, we all know my, my thoughts and opinions on Golden State. I think they're going to the finals. I said this in the preseason. If you want... Look back at a couple of my episodes. I have said it time and time again. But really, the way I look at Golden State is I think that they're a team that's going to be really good in the regular season. I think they might finish top two, top three in the East, in the West right now. And that's surprising for me. I do think they're going to dip when Clay comes back because they're going to try to put him into, to, to, into the rotation, right? And you have to. Clay Thompson is your second best player. Third best player, sorry. I think Draymond's better than him. Just That's just my opinion. And that could be, you know, a lot of people just start. Yes, I know Clay's an extreme shooter and a great defender, but man, I'm telling you, Dre's super important to that team. But yeah, once Clay comes back, he might come off the bench. He's going to start eventually. It's going to take time. You know, it's going to take time. And we'll see players like a uh, Gary Payton, who's been playing really, really good right now. He could be in the conversation for most improved or defensive player of the year right now. But you'll see players like Gary Gary Payton. You'll see players like Jordan Poole, Juan Toscano Anderson, Andre Iguodala. Those players that have all in those wing kind of positions, they're going to have their minutes go up and down and they're not going to play as consistent. But I do think Steve Kerr, right now, if you don't realize how good of a coach he is, just watch what he's doing right now. He's a savant. He's dead set. I'm telling you, the system he runs is my favorite system in the NBA. And I don't care that I go for him, that I'm a fan of him. It's just, if you don't like watching him play, I just don't understand. And as long as Steph stays healthy, which he will, and as long as Steph touch wood, and as long as Steph keeps shooting the ball at a high clip, they're going, to be, they're going to be a dead set team that you would not want to verse in the playoffs. And I think even though Clay's going to you know, come back, I think that this team, as assembled now, is going to make the finals, right? Now they will make the finals because Steph's the MVP right now, if you ask me. I know Jimmy Butler's been balling, but I think right now Steph's the MVP. So for me, the way I look at it, if Steph keeps playing the way he is, Draymond keeps playing the way he's... Draymond's an all-star right now, too, if you ask me. He's really found his form again, and I definitely think he won't be an all-star this year, but I definitely think, in my eyes, just because, you know, you got usually to be an all-star, you have to score a lot of points. He doesn't score a heap of points, but in my eyes, he should be an all-star because what he's doing for that team and everything he's doing beyond the scenes and beyond what us fans see, it's so important, man. It's so important. And I'm really, really, really high on the Warriors still... I, did, I do believe at the end of the day, they're going to be a top three seed in this West team, in this Western Conference. And I think that, you know, I, was, I still think, I'm dead set. I'm, I'm, dead, I'm really high on them making the finals right now. 
if the NBA stayed like this, because I think that they would beat the Lakers in a series, they would beat they would beat every team in the series right now in the West. They'd beat a Utah, they'd beat a Dallas. For me, they'd beat a Phoenix, they'd beat a Memphis, they'd beat a Denver, they'd beat a Clippers. So right now, that's my opinion. If you guys still haven't had a look at the Warriors on Sportsbet or anything like that, mate, I'm telling you, go have a look. Go have a look because they're only going to get shorter and shorter. They're only going to get shorter and shorter. Now, we're going to move on to... I want to talk about the Heat too because they are my basically my you know my team in the East that I you know I don't go for them but I just love watching them play. Can they become the one seed? Can they keep this up? Now Bill Simmons said it you know in his podcast and I did want to touch on it on my one too because he is the pod father and everything he talks about I think is, is you know it's just a great great topic. I definitely think that they can be you know the best team in the East when when all said and done. You know obviously I still need to see Milwaukee and Brooklyn at their peak and I need to see Miami at their peak. But I don't, I don't think that they can be the one seed, you know, throughout the season because I do think that you know, health is a main, a real big factor, and I think Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, you know, not not to say that they're injury prone, but I think they're going to take a little bit of rest throughout the season because they realize how big of a playoff push it is to get to the playoffs, and they're in the hunt for a championship. So for me, I would say a team like a Philadelphia has more chance of being a first seed. A team like maybe a Chicago has more of a chance of being a first seed. You know, and that's crazy to say because those teams I thought would have been in the six to eight range, but at the moment they're they're, they're for me more of a team that would want to get that first seat. You know, and where, where Miami wouldn't really care; they just want to get a, a seat where they can get great matchups in the first, second, and third round. And whoever they versus throughout the West is you know it's just a lottery at the end of the day. So I definitely think that they, if they wanted it, they could get it. You know, but I don't think they're going to. I don't think they will get it. I just think they realize health is more important. And I think once they get Old Depot back, you know they're going to have to integrate him into their system because he's just too good of a player to not integrate. But for me, I definitely think they can, but I just don't think they will. Now, the last two topics I just want to talk about, you know, early, early, you know, really early, you know, I would say talking about the All-Star game. But just a couple of players, you know, that I think could definitely be in the All-Star game. And, you know, they're, they're players that, you know, probably will be first First um, All-Stars, you know, selections for them. I definitely think OG Ananobi, I did touch on him, and Miles Bridges can definitely be All-Stars. But Ja Morant, man, I don't care what you say. Ja Morant is a player for me right now that is an All-Star. He is a dead-set freak. If you don't like watching him play, man, I don't understand why. Because this guy can play. And I was going to talk about, you know, teams that I really like watching. And my favorite team at the moment is the Memphis Grizzlies. And I'm going on a tangent here, but this is a great tangent. Because the, the reason I like Memphis is because they play hard, physical and fast. But the main reason is they're the second youngest team in the NBA. The second youngest team in the NBA. And they are playing at a really good level. Now, I know their record isn't great, but they're the only team in the in the NBA right now to beat the Warriors. And the Warriors right now are the best team in the NBA. So I really do think, you know, Memphis are a really good team. They lost to the Lakers in a, in a tight one. So they could be 7-3 and three right now. And that just looks much better. So I'm a big fan of them right now. I definitely think Jar can be another All Star, you know, and then possibly who could be another All Star. It's 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 a very interesting, but it's it's really up in the air. Tyler Hero, man, if he finds a way to start, you know, I definitely think he could be an All Star, averaging 20 points a game, five rebounds, four assists. You know, he's playing really really good, and I just think that he could definitely he definitely has a shot at being an All Star, which is good to see. And I definitely think a lot of Tyler haters out there, and it's it, it is funny because you know just because you have a great season and you lull a little bit. And people don't realize they played in October, like the 28th, and they started in December. So, you know, they didn't really even have an off-season. So, like, it's it's hard. It's hard. But I definitely think he can be an all-star. You know, I don't know 
you know, I just don't think his points will get him there. But I think Lonzo Ball, his production and how he's been playing, he's been really, really effective right now. And I don't think he'll be an all-star, but I think he could definitely have a sniff for it. Because I definitely think right now Chicago does deserve two all-stars. I definitely know that, I definitely think that, you know, Zach Levine will be an all-star. That's not a question for me. But maybe a DeRozan might get that all-star over him because he is averaging 26.9 points a game and 5.7 rebounds. So, you know, I've kind of contradicted myself there. You know, obviously, I'm going to probably be most likely going to pick Tomato Rosen. But I really do like Lonzo Ball in this team. And then, you know, you look at Vucevic, he's not averaging the points that he's, you know, kind of used to, right? But we, we you can't forget, he, he he was an all-star this past season, right? He, he, he is a great player. And he averaged 23.4 points a game this, this past season, right? So he can definitely do it on a consistent level. But you know what? They're winning, and I think that's what he's more worried about right now. And when you win, you know, your your, your value goes up. Your value goes up. So for me, I definitely think that Lonzo, I reckon he could, he could definitely be an all-star. But I just, you know, the more I talk about it, the more I'm just like, what are you talking about at the end of the day? Which is hard. You know, another player that will not be an all-star, I don't think, but Jordan Paul, man, if he gets up to 20 points a game, he's a good player. He's a good player. And I think people are really starting to realize that you know he can he can really you know be a be a you know a good you know five to six man rotation in this Golden State team, and that's something that's really important for me. That's something I really look at. You know he is for me, you know in their rotation of their best five. You know their best five when fully healthy: Clay, Steph, him, Draymond. You know you probably have Andre in there. You probably have Gabe Payton right now in there. You know it's really interesting. And those those are two players that I wouldn't have thought. Right now, before the season started, before preseason, but I just want to go back on players that I think that can be first-time All Stars. It's 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 interesting. Can can Anthony Edwards keep this up? And if Minnesota starts to get on a bit of a roll, he could definitely be in that that look for an All Star. Now, I do think that you know Minnesota are a real weird team right now, and they're just they're just too shallow for me. But if he keeps it up, he can keep going. He could possibly be there. You know, Shea Gilgis could possibly be an All Star first up too. But I just think that his team, you know, it, their roster's terrible. But they play hard. They play physical. They play fast. And right now, they're, they're not the last seed in the NBA, which is what a lot of people thought they would be. That is the New Orleans Pelicans. I'm not going to even talk about them because they're not fully healthy. So I don't want to talk about that. But they're terrible right now. They have they are 1-10. in 10. They are, yeah, They're average. But, yeah, those are a couple of players I just think that can be first-time All-Stars. I definitely think Miles Bridges will be an All-Star this season. I think that's my definite right now if I was to pick one player that hasn't been an All-Star ever before. So I definitely think him. And then the last thing I wanted to talk about, I know I was going to talk about someone last, but I just want to talk about Kate Cunningham. And I do realize that, you know, he has been injured. I think Kate's going to be okay. I think Kate's going to be okay because – oh, sorry, just before – Players that impressed me, Sadiq Bay from the Pistons, he's been really nice. And if you, if you, I know a lot of people aren't going to watch the Pistons because they're 1-8 and eight right now, but they play hard. They actually play, actually play tough. You know, so if, if look, if you want to watch a Pistons game, you don't have, if you're not one, don't, but you're actually better than what you think. So that's just my opinion. But Cade, I think he's going to be okay. I think watching him play, he's got it. He definitely has it, but he's got to realize it. He's got to realize he's the main player on this team now. He's the big dog. He's the alpha. You know, Jeremy Grant was that alpha last season. He's the alpha for me. Run everything through him. You know, I think that he can be what a Luca is. And if he can have that, that, that not as good as Luca, obviously, I just don't think he is as potent of a scorer as him. But I just think that, you know, if he can do a little bit of that, you know, him be the leader. He has a Jeremy Grant who can go get you a bucket. He has a Sadiq Bay who's a really nice player as a shooter. He has a Isaiah Stewart, B. Stewart. Beast too, who can just go out and play hard. So I think that he's just got to go out and become more of an alpha right now. And it's hard. 
It's your first couple of games in the NBA. I think he's going to be okay. I still think he's going to be an all-star caliber player within a couple of years. And I definitely think that he's going to be a player that gets Pistons on a roll and he gets the Pistons back to a good team. But guys, that is today's episode. I know I've been trying to get you two, two podcasts a week. I know I'm just I'm definitely going to get you one podcast a week. Don't worry. But guys, that is today's episode. It's a really fun episode for me right now. Touched on a lot of things with the NBA, guys. I know you, if you want to check out our socials, you're going to hear it right now. But guys, thank you for listening. I do appreciate it. Honestly, I do appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe all the content that's coming your way. Hit us up on Instagram at lanesmedia underscore all under capitalized letters. Thanks for listening, guys. But most importantly, have a great day.